1: Good, good. Another busy day, the usual. But yeah, we're back.
0: We're back again. Yeah, I definitely scrambled to get ready this time around. Sometimes (laughs) I feel like I get to be more leisurely about preparing for us to get together Mm -hmm. and record. And I felt like every minute of today was a rush. I don't know why. It wasn't like crazy busy at work. It was just like I... I think it's because I've been dealing with my kids taking turns being sick. Ugh,
1: yeah. And so
0: as a result, I'm, like, at home all the time, which Uh, is lame.
1: Yeah, no, no, no.
0: No, I could never,
1: again, well, yeah, I've said this 1,200 times, but I could never be a stay-at-home parent. Like, I just need, I need things outside of the
0: house. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm not... I'm not great about utilizing the downtime when I'm like at home.
1: Yeah. Productively.
0: Yeah. And like, so like when I have a sick kid at home with me and I'm not going to go anywhere or do anything Mm -hmm. and I'm at home all day, I don't like take care of important things. Ah. I'm like watching six episodes in a row of a television show. (laughs) Like that's not,
1: Yeah, no, I'm not productive at all. No, I totally, totally get that. Yeah. Or
0: I'll do laundry, but I don't put away laundry. Like, I do a lot of that. Well, that's my
1: least favorite activity Mm -hmm. is the putting away. I'll do it. I'll even fold it. I just hate putting it away. I don't don't know. So
0: something amazing happened, actually, (laughs) in regards to laundry that I kind of have to share. (laughs) All right. So sometimes when I do laundry, my own. So this is just my own laundry. Sometimes when I do my own laundry... I forget about it in the dryer and it's yep. still in there like the sure. next day or whatever and my husband will be off and he'll go to do a load of laundry mm-hmm. and he'll take my clothes that were in the dryer and he'll throw them on the bed <laughs> which is not where I put my clothes <laughs> when I am done with washing and drying them. I put them in a basket
1: in a hamper, and the basket sorry, yes. <laughs> is like on the floor
0: in my room. And I like over the span of five to 10 business days, unload that basket by gradually wearing it all again. Yeah. Like, no, totally. I totally I understand. Rotate through the same five things forever. You know, Yeah. sounds about right. I don't even know why I have a closet.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I should just get you rid just of the basket. Of
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, okay. so my husband has started throwing my clothes on my bed and it's, i'm annoyed about it initially Ooh. the initial reaction is annoyance because i want to lay in that bed
1: and I, there's I stuff understand. on it yeah
0: so i get irritated so then i start like putting it away in the places <laughs> where it goes
1: like the drawer now, the now
0: i kind of like that he does <laughs> it now it's like I'm in this thing, this habit, where if he throws my clothes on my bed and I like get home from work and I go upstairs to like wash my hands and like mm-hmm. clean up or whatever. And it's, before eating. Mm-hmm. and it's there. I just like take five minutes and put it away. And I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> what am I doing?
1: Interesting. Yeah. I still think I would just yeah. leave it there. I don't so. <laughs> know. It's so
0: weird. I don't. <laughs> Interesting I new it.
1: developments. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what a uh-huh. strange new habit we've developed where he tries to yeah. push me to stay, <laughs> get out of his way is really, I think. What he's right, saying, but right? it has uh, unintended
1: <laughs> positive consequences. Yeah. So, all right, go. So, go yeah, so, Mike, So, Mike. so right. making
0: progress over here. It's 41 years along and I'm starting yeah. to make some progress. I feel that really works, good about that.
1: That works. It's fantastic. But, uh, I'm very proud of you.
0: <laughs> speaking of that, let's talk about. Uh, victories <laughs> by, yeah. drinking, oops, oops. by <laughs> drinking victory brewing which is in downington pennsylvania and yeah. let's start with brotherly love which is a hazy ipa which um i had forgotten they were in pennsylvania which we talked about right before we hit record but now brotherly love makes a lot more sense
1: <laughs> yes, well, Brotherly Love also um is the name of their community fund that they started in 2021 that okay. they created. Uh, essentially, they said to help support organizations that help drive positive change in local communities. So it's essentially like a um, non for profit type you know foundation that they started but it is also called brotherly love so which again does make sense being in pennsylvania but let's give uh this hazy ipa a try here i don't know if i've ever had anything from victory
0: really you've never had prima pills i don't think i have wow i know yeah i've seen it but
1: i don't think i've ever had it
0: the last time I was down at U of I, we went to Murphy's, which yeah, if yeah. you've been to U of I, I know you have, obviously, yeah. but if, if you're listening and you've been to U of I, Murphy's is like, um, finger quotes, the Irish pub. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if it's really, I mean, you know, is it's, it though? Uh, it's but, only uh, because
1: it's named Murphy's, and I mean, it's yeah. dark. And and everything's
0: like wood in there, and you wooden, like carve your name yeah, to the table. Much. Anyway, we went to Murphy, and they had Prima pills in bottles for like two bucks. And my brother and I and my sister-in-law each drank like two. Yeah. And spent less than twenty dollars. Awesome.
1: Yeah. No, I really, I don't know if I've really had anything from Victory. So, anyways, all right, we're drinking uh, Brotherly Love, this hazy IPA. It's very hazy, by the way. From a very hazy. (laughs) and it's a bit tart to me. Yeah. Like it's got a hoppy but a, like a a little bit of a tart taste to me. Mm. I don't I don't know what yeah. it is about it. It's got like on the on the tongue, it's got a little bit of tartness that I guess I just wasn't expecting. I don't know. Um No, yeah, you're definitely right. You know, most of the time hazy IPAs
0: have that like citrusy but closer to like orange or grapefruit and this it's is all, almost more like lemony.
1: Like yeah. This is to me it's more tart than sweet and a lot of hazy yeah. IPAs to me are a little bit more on the sweet of the citrus side. Mm-hmm. And you're right. This to me is more on the lemony or that that tart side of it. So it's definitely a little different. I mean, it's clearly a, an IPA, it's clearly a hazy. Um but the flavor to me is just a little bit more tart than I expected because I've never yeah. had it. So um
0: yeah. I've not, never had this either. Yeah,
1: but yeah, this is pretty good. It is
0: a little, you know, it's funny. I think that hazy IPA, like some other beer styles that we've had more recently, where we've talked about this, is is such a wide genre. And oh yeah, it's such a spectrum. Like what we think of, like like Mm
1: -hmm. in my
0: brain, and I've talked about this before. I have baseline beers, so like
1: that you compare to others of that same yeah. style and so yep.
0: when i think of a hazy ipa in my brain i think about like new england ipas that are like gummy apocalypse with by noon whistle which noon for me noon is whistle. like the yeah the baseline for like a new england like a hazy ipa sure, and sure. so then when i drink something else i'm like this doesn't taste like gummy that. apocalypse. Right. But that doesn't mean it's not the beer style it is claiming to be. I just yeah. think that my I don't want to call myself closed minded, but I think that I have a preconceived notion sometimes what I what I think I'm about to taste.
1: Drink. Yeah. Well I think a lot of people have that because they taste one that they potentially like and mm. then they compare, you know, other things to to that. Like I think we recently had Um, hazy little thing by Sierra Nevada, which is a very different taste than this to me, you know. And then I, you know, half acre makes a hazy that's also, I mean, everybody makes a hazy, so it's not like it, but but like that we've had somewhat recently, but then you've got like. Butcher, which is a completely different taste when they have a hazy, and it's much sweeter to me. Absolutely. I was just about to say that. (laughs) You can have hazy IPAs that all taste like the basic baseline IPA, but are vastly different in their flavor profile. And so it's definitely interesting. I feel like there's some that aren't as dynamic as that. Like Pilsners, to me, are much closer-knit because yeah. they don't have as much variation obviously they all have some but a hazy ipa runs the gamut all over the place of sweet and tart and like kind of you know a little bit smoother versus not like there's just a Absolutely. lot of different variations to hazy i IPA. Think
0: you your use of the word dynamic is like the perfect description it, it just like you said it just go it's all over the place
1: yeah and yeah. it
0: doesn't it's not a mold. nothing you know not you're at not all fitting yeah. a mold when nope. you're drinking yeah. it or tasting or creating
1: mm-hmm. a
0: hazy IPA,
1: which is also so, really interesting because it's not like it has an adjunct to it. You know what I mean? Like you can say stouts never taste the same because you could add a million different adjuncts oh, sure.
0: yeah, yeah, but
1: a hazy IPA generally, if it's just a hazy IPA, It's just different hop profiles and different, you know, like, brewing methods, perhaps. But, like, it's all basically the same general ingredients with no adjuncts, Uh yet still you run the gamut all over. It's very, it's just very interesting how you can have such variation in the same type of beer. So I, I think we're totally off topic, but I like this. It's just different (laughs) than what I expected, but it's not, it's, it's good. It is exactly, it is a hazy IPA. It's just a little bit on that tartar lemony side of the spectrum of hazy IPAs, but it's pretty, it's pretty tasty. So, so I like it. Uh, but yeah, so victory, um, I've only heard of a handful of beers from them. They are from Downington, Pennsylvania, but they also have locations um, in other places. They have two other tap rooms actually in Pennsylvania. Um, but so uh, Victory was born from a friendship that Bill and Ron, their founders, um, had they met in 1973 on a school bus as fifth graders
0: Aww. and
1: they've been friends ever since. Um, they went to college on opposite coasts, but they stayed in touch. Uh, Bill's dad was a home brewer and had homebrew equipment, of course. Um, and Bill yeah. gave Ron his first homebrew kit for Christmas in 1985. Aww. So oh my gosh, that's how that's the so love cute. of beer started, which was super cute. Um, um, but yeah, so they've, they've been, you know, they've been friends for a long time. In 89, Ron went, um, and started an apprenticeship at the Baltimore Brewing Company. Um, and he soon went on to study, uh, at the University of, uh, of Munich, um, And Bill actually took over Ron's role at Baltimore Brewing Company while Ron (laughs) went abroad. Um, He actually even helped them win a couple of uh, awards at the Great American Brew Fest. And then in '93, Bill also traveled to Germany to complete his brewing studies. Um, And then they wound up coming back, and Ron worked as a brewer for a short while and then uh in 1996 they opened victory so this is a long-running uh hmm. brewery compared to some of the newer ones but they opened in 96 in an old pepperidge farm factory um <laughs> which i thought was funny oh goodness that's uh, awesome
0: right yeah like pepperidge i have heard I pepperidge that. farm in like a right? million years
1: yeah so it brought back memories um In 2009, they expanded their production to 100,000 barrels. And then in 2013, they actually built a brand new state-of-the-art brewing facility which doubled their production capacity in another town in pennsylvania not far from downington and that's actually where they they still brew most of their beer now between the two facilities so um but then in 2015 they opened two more tap rooms in pennsylvania um and then so this is interesting that I had no idea about. Um, in 2016, Victory in Southern Tier, which we highlighted recently, um, they wound up creating kind of an alliance. They they merged um, and they uh, their parent company of both of them was essentially created. It might have been created slightly before 2016, but it's called Artisanal, Bre- Artisanal Brewing Venture. So ABV okay. owns... <laughs> southern tier and victory which i would have no idea because they are both very much marketed as their own companies and they are handled as their independent like nothing really changed in terms of victory or southern tier in terms of their their brewing and their facilities and all of that essentially what they said was they um they merged to let the brewmasters focus on what they were good at and put all of the kind of backroom operations, office operations, sales, marketing, support, distribution, all of that handled by the parent company, ABV, and the brewers focus on what they were the best at. Um, so they, uh, yeah, so Bill and Ron, who had founded Victory, wanted becoming shareholders in ABV, um, and then joined their board of directors, similarly with Southern Tier as well, um, and then they added in 2018 another brewery six point brewing so there's three breweries under this abv the you know, artisanal brewing ventures. And then in 2019, they added a cider company called bold rock expanding their offering even a little bit more. So they're all still under this umbrella company of ABV, but they very much are independently brewed and operating and whatnot. But it's interesting because I had never heard of ABV and obviously I've heard of Southern tier and I've heard of victory and I just didn't realize that that was a thing that they were technically all under one umbrella umbrella company um that's so
0: interesting yeah i had no idea
1: so so yeah so that that was interesting um so it did help with their distribution i'm assuming a lot of places you see southern interior will probably see victory which i would never even think about it because they're so vastly kind of different and even in their marketing and whatnot they're they're just not you would never think they were really related you know and i guess yeah i mean (laughs) I don't. I didn't. They're vastly different. So, But anyway, so I thought that was interesting. Um, Victory now distributes to nine different countries, 37 states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico. So if you travel, you can probably get Victory in most places. Um, I've definitely seen it in a plethora of different places around here. And they're in Pennsylvania, so it's not like they're super close. Um, Uh But yeah, so kind of a cool concept and they've been around for a while and you know they're 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 doing well they can their current production capacity is uh 200,000 barrels so wow. um which is you know doubled what their old facility was doing um so like again they've been around since 96 they have a handful of Uh, beers that they do year-round and they've won a bunch of different awards at great american beer fest and other places uh the next beer we're actually going to drink won a great american beer fest gold medal um but they've got quite a quite a few medals under their belts from over the years so pretty cool kind of interesting place that i didn't really know much about so Yeah.
0: yeah that's pretty awesome
1: yeah, so interesting. Interesting stuff as we drink our brotherly love IPA. Yeah,
0: I poured <laughs> myself a little bit more there while you were telling me all about their, uh, you know, unification their with Southern yeah. Tier. Um, and I'll, I'll continue enjoying this while we get dive into our topic for this episode yes
1: not really kid related which is fine i think we need a departure because we did
0: some you know we talked about discipline a lot and i feel like that was pretty kid oriented
1: from the kids yeah let's talk about
0: us yeah a little bit do it we're gonna talk about our relationship with customers and clients and our relationship with our coworkers. Mm -hmm. you know so professional relationships i guess yeah what you would call all of those things I think they all fall under that under that um yeah I know different jobs have kind of have different relationships or or different levels of individuals that they you know like your husband for example Mm. his Mm -hmm. clients or customers (laughs) are are not the same people when you're a firefighter you know you're those people quote unquote aren't really in the same category as like as like When I have somebody come in and place an order, Mm -hmm. you know, that's it's a totally different
1: person. You know, I didn't really think about my husband much when I was talking about this, but now that you point that out, I'm just going to say a couple things and then we can get into ours. But we were talking actually today about how he used to or how people interact with. Um, Patients and part of it was in a negative light because there's been a lot of lawsuits lately because there's a bunch of paramedics who um, have made poor choices when dealing with with patients. But he he said he's like, no matter how much of a pain in the butt they are, no matter what any of their background is or what's going on, I always and he's not really on the ambulance anymore. uh, He's a lieutenant now. So um, but he would always talk to them he would always sit there and try and get them to you know be more comfortable and just have a conversation like oh where are you from like what's the just small talk you know yeah and he said that it's interesting because people newer newer people on the job which he's been on the job for i don't know 15 years at this place and longer in general um don't know how to talk to people they don't know how to make small talk so a lot of younger generation that grew up more so in behind a computer screen and not interacting one-on-one as much don't know how to make small talk with a stranger it's just not in their skill set like so when you're dealing with someone who is having a traumatic experience and you're trying to calm them down some people really struggle with that because in general it's not a skill that they have that is interesting make small talk with someone like um yeah yeah so that that was an interesting thing the other thing real quick that i'll mention is that since he has been promoted people his co-workers react differently to him so like because he's they're, you know, the in charge now on calls and things, and you know, people that he's worked with for fifteen years. It's a little bit different, but now when he's in places, they'll be like lieutenant, you know, and not his name or not th- oh, like it's just yeah, sure. they act a little bit differently now mm-hmm. that he's in a different role. Even if they've worked with him for five years, now that he's one level higher, it's a different dynamic, which is interesting. Yeah, sure. Okay. So he was just commenting on that recently in terms of like it's weird how people act different when just your title changes. You know. Sure. But um anyways, all right, let's move on. You can tell yeah, me. Yeah, no, about that was a your great take though. Stuff, I think that's but... good. <laughs> uh,
0: and I kind of randomly thought of your husband when I started when we started well, talking just yeah. now. Where I was like, Oh, <laughs> you know, I bet your Brandon's take on this would be really interesting because your yeah, totally relationship with patients, mm-hmm. um, Versus like our relationship with clients and customers yeah, is a totally different relationship, but they don't Completely. work for you, but right. they do interact with you while you're at your job. So, you know, yeah. while you would never call them your customer or your client, they do fall into a similar category, Agreed. but your relationship with them could be very similar in some cases and very mm-hmm. different in others.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it is it is interesting how different, different roles, different jobs have vastly yeah. different. Uh, outlooks on that but so anyways yeah. while while I was anyways, thinking about it I figured I'd at least share. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mentioned how younger people have awkwardness when it kind of comes to like small talk or social interaction and what the explanation for that might be and and I'll say that in my job um, I do a lot of customer service mm-hmm. and I feel like the older generation of individuals that I deal with um have a different perspective about me sometimes, you know, I've talked a little bit about being a woman mm-hmm. and I work in the print industry. And I think that for the most part, it's pretty male dominated. I mean, I don't deal with a lot of women yeah. who are in the same industry. They they exist. I mean, they're not gone. Sure. Entirely. But
1: it's not but the majority. Not a lot by of anyway. other, I mean,
0: yeah. we do a lot of work with printers and sign companies, you know, where we collaborate or we help them with projects that they can't handle or whatever the case may be. Sure. I do not talk to a lot of women in mm-hmm. roles um, where they're the owner, or they're the manager at their print shop or sign company mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's all men. Yeah. Um, and most of them are older than me. Sure. And um, I, once in a while, although this happens less and less over the years, I'm very pleased to say I, uh, I noticed there's a little bit of a respect breakdown there, you know, mm-hmm and I I won't say it's because I'm a woman I think it's more that I'm because I'm younger younger. than them um I also feel like I get a little bit of that like a little bit of that sexism still when I'll be I'll be at work now I'm a utility player at my job sometimes I'm kind of hopping and paying bills sometimes I'm running a printer sometimes I'm putting together frames for stands sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm Opening boxes of things that just got delivered sure. and chopping things open, and you know,
1: yeah, all over and the I place. Had
0: a, yeah, and I had a customer come in, and he had had a shipment sent to us for his customer, and he wanted mm. us to store it and go through it and ship it out. Um, and one of the things that came in was. a a computer monitor which is really weird because
1: to go to you yeah that's yeah there's
0: not really a reason for us to get a computer monitor and he had no idea why we got it and it's in a computer monitor box so (laughs) we're like well let's open the box and make sure there's actually a computer monitor right and it's not
1: something else box and not
0: somebody like reboxing something in a monitor box and we're like oh this is for us i see it's this you know Mm -hmm. so i carry a utility knife yeah, not every single day, not all the time. Although I do have it in my purse when I'm not at work, because you know, you never know when you need to cut something open.
1: I mean, I have a, I have a knife, and like I have yeah. a purse or knife in my purse most a lot often. So, because
0: yes. you never know when you might need it. You don't know when you might need <laughs> to cut a box open. I mean, or, who doesn't you know, order from Amazon? People, let's keep time, it together. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. So I, <laughs> I had this knife in my pocket because I was at work and I was opening a bunch of boxes the last couple of days so i had been carrying it around Mm -hmm. and i pull it out and i open this computer box and my customer who's an older man Mm -hmm. was just like you just have a knife in your pocket and i was like uh well yeah sometimes i'm at a print shop when i I find find that i need it a lot (laughs) i start carrying it because i get really annoyed when i don't have it and right
1: i I get that he was like
0: wow look at you you can do anything (laughs) and i was kind of like I okay. opened a box, dude. like I, you know with this knife. I can do a lot of things. You would be surprised. <laughs> That's
1: the uh, I, I mean, it, it is interesting the reaction. I um, I do think there's still some of that in with the older generation of people. real quick, my old job, so prior to my current job, I was in public accounting. And when I okay. started, We had a starting class, and it was me and one other female in an entire room full of all males, and Uh all of our superiors were males. like It was a very male-dominated profession at the time. Um, I'm assuming it's better now. I left, so I don't really know, but it was literally the two of us, and it was Mm -hmm. all men. And We were auditors, and we would go into a lot of manufacturing facilities where the corporate controllers or CFOs or whatever were not respectful to women yeah. at all they were very much wanting to deal with a man wanting to not sure. deal with us not tr- believing that we were smarter than a lot of the people we worked with like we were well qualified and mm-hmm. um even some of my old coworkers now were, would contest that i was one of the the best workers. Like I I knew what I was doing. I was very smart. Um sure, but yeah, it was definitely a different dynamic going into some of these boys' clubs, which were still yeah. like that 10 years ago. Um yeah. I don't know what they're like now. I will also say when I first started at the company I'm at now, we sell industrial supplies. It's nuts and bolts and screws and things like that. Sure. Um and when people would call to either order things or call to our product helps department, they often wanted or anticipated talking to a male about whatever miscellaneous part they needed. Yeah, sure.
0: Uh-huh. They
1: thought, well, a girl's not going to know the answer or be able to help me. Um right. And I think that's vastly changed in recent years, but definitely when I first started my career, there was a lot... Of that, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a girl. So, do you have, do you have, you know, can I talk to your boss, or can I, is there somebody else I can deal right. with? Um, which was disconcerting at times, right. but you know, also that's one of the things that you unfortunately still have to deal with sometimes. Yeah. Is that other people's perceptions of you. I will also say we had a lot of clients in the South, like Alabama, Georgia, like okay, the that area. I spent. A lot of time in alabama um uh, albertville alabama and valdosta mm-hmm. georgia and the dynamic there was very much it was boys a boys club like still to sure so versus we were in new york and it wasn't as much so it's just right. interesting the different people you run into and the different perceptions that they still have and you know how you navigate some of that is is different and frustrating and whatnot but it's a learning experience i will
0: say in my opinion just for me personally has been that things have gone certainly gone the right direction i agree for the most part even this guy that i just called out which i feel a little bad doing it because i don't think that he was being sexist at all No, yeah i think that he was just kind of like pleasantly surprised that i was as prepared as i was to go through all this stuff with him Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I was prepared because I knew he was coming and I knew that we were going to talk about it and I wanted, but he wasn't there expecting to go through like all the boxes. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I wanted to do that because I had this one box that I couldn't identify. <laughs> right?
1: Why are we and having so a computer
0: monitor? <laughs> I think he was surprised because he didn't know that's what we were going to do. Sure. And then I Fair. was just ready to do it immediately. So I think that was a big part of it for him, but yeah. I will, and, and. Also, that specific client is a really good example of someone who is older and almost always, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, not even almost always, always is very respectful mm-hmm. and very yeah. professional and a great person to work with. And you would think, because he's an older man, um, then maybe he would fall into that category, but he's definitely not one of those. Yeah. And those are becoming fewer and further between. In that, my experience.
1: I, I would definitely agree. And I do think that there are there's a runs the gamut there's some people that still probably have some preconceived notions you know about not just women but younger people or different things Mm -hmm. and whatnot um there's also some people that are super welcoming to literally anyone who's willing to do the job um you know there's there's a lot of of there's a there's been a huge push to have more women in various management positions in roles that previously weren't um and things like that so it's it's i don't run into it as much now as i did when i first started my career and that was just a difficult you know time getting along with clients and things like that that uh, i didn't really anticipate coming from college You know, where it was a pretty mixed bag of all kinds of different backgrounds. I didn't we didn't really have that that kind of interaction with people until you really get out into the working world. Right. Yeah. No,
0: definitely. I agree. I'll say that in general, most of my relationships with clients are pretty casual and friendly. That's sort of our business. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't suit up when I meet with clients. We don't do that. My brother always comments about how he's the sign guy. He came with a tape measure and a ladder. He's not going to wear a suit. Fair. Yeah. Don't ask him to.
1: (laughs) No. He'll make a big deal out of it. Occasionally, (laughs)
0: as sort of a joke. And um, I always think it's funny that he does that (laughs) because he's like... I'm not going to wear a suit. I have to climb a ladder. Like I'm going to be standing in front of everybody and my tie is going to be hanging down. I'm not going to do that. Right. That's fair. (laughs) Like uh, While I'm standing, you know, three feet above all of them.
1: Yeah. On the second (laughs) rung of the ladder. Like (laughs) I don't need a tie to do this. Yeah. "Yeah." I'm
0: just like, no, yeah, you're right. You should Mm -hmm. probably wear gym shoes and you should probably wear, you know, clothes that are reasonable for that type you don't want to get caught yeah. on something
1: agreed yeah <laughs> where what's appropriate for the job you're doing I'm totally in on yes that,
0: so. exactly yeah and so yeah. uh I like that I like that things are are a little casual I often feel like overly professional just seems cold and I'm not mm. talking about like really formal conversation I'm just talking about being not being friendly at all. Like you said, the small talk thing, I think yeah. that it goes in the same vein. I think that if you can't have like kind of a nice, you know, a little bit of a, a conversation with your clients where you're, you're friendly, you come off as friendly rather mm-hmm. than even if it's silly little things like, man, why is it so cold again? I was, I thought we were warming up here and now it's cold again. You know, when you say something like that and a customer might be like, yeah, right. Where you could skip that conversation entirely and have literally no small talk, no conversation with them. But then then maybe they walk away thinking you're not friendly.
1: Yeah. I mean, even just the icebreakers, which seem dumb sometimes, are a good way to make people comfortable, whether it's a client or a new coworker either. It actually goes the same way. Like, to have that little bit of friendliness helps because you get people on a better comfort level which makes them also more willing to be helpful or flexible or whatever Mm -hmm. you need, whether it be a client relationship or a coworker relationship, starting out on a friendly plane is much easier to then transition to, Oh, you know, like, I really need your help with this or, Hey, you know, we need to delay this a day or whatever. It's a lot easier to deal with conflict when you start off it friendly than if you start off, too kind of abrasive or too professional or not having that kind of connection with people so at least in my experience what regardless of what what it is i don't deal with clients much anymore i deal with vendors more now if needed um but i also deal with like banks or yeah. things in the financial realm but also i deal with other departments within our same company that we just you know are almost kind of a similar client relationship because they need something from us or we need something from them Sure. Um, and just because we work under the same umbrella the same company we do vastly different things so sure, it's still similar in that if i'm going to react interact with someone and i'm going to at some point possibly need you for something i want to start right. out friendly <laughs> makes yeah, things easier exactly. in the long it run it like <laughs>
0: common sense but i think that it's just like it's such a nice way to do business with someone whatever that love whatever that interaction you yeah. know whatever your relationship is i think that it's it's nice when it feels comfortable and it feels comfortable when you feel like they're being friendly with you when it's yeah. it's that in that realm, rather than being overly professional, if you will. yeah. And I think that's good. I think it's I don't want to turn customers into my best friend. And I do not expect to be going out for drinks with them on the weekends and things like right, that. Right, right yeah. But on the other hand, I do. You know, I mean, I've had customers call and I can pick up my phone line on my cell phone if I'm mm-hmm. not at work. And I've had customers call, and they'll be like, "Hey, can you just make sure that this box ships out today? And I really need it to ship, or whatever." And I'll be like, "I'm not in the office today, mm-hmm. and but I can make sure it goes out because I can just tell someone in the office sure. to make sure it ships. It's no yeah. problem. Yeah. And they'll be like, "Oh, what's got, what's up? Why aren't you in the office?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, one of my kids stayed home yeah. school, and here we are, and blah blah yep, blah." And yep. he'll be, you know, and the customer will just be like, "Ugh,
1: these kids, man. You know, like, yeah. you just have a moment." You right. know,
0: just one, one second. Anything it didn't take any makes, time out
1: of your day. Right. Anything that makes it, you seem more relatable. Yeah. It's so much easier and makes things so much more, uh, that dynamic easier and more comfortable than if you never have those interactions and people just think you're stuffy and like, you right? know, closed off and. Oh well, I I don't want to have a conversation because they don't seem they don't seem friendly. Like oh, I don't right. want to interact with that person any more than I have to. Um, right. You you never or maybe not never, but I personally don't find that those type of dynamics are really helpful. So yeah, I try yeah. and avoid them. Um, I'm struggling right now at work with some restructuring we're doing because my who is going to be my new boss does not seem to have the same mindset as I ah. do with interaction. So my current boss and I get along incredibly well. We work okay. very well together. Uh-huh. Uh, he values my opinion. He calls me when he is stuck and thinks that, you know, I might have an idea and we are, sure. we just work very well together. My potential new boss who knows nothing about the department i work in or any of the work chooses to completely bypass me in every aspect of planning for this year and i've tried to be nice and friendly or ask about her kids or whatever some you know like try to be have some sort of positive interaction with this woman and thus far it's like hitting a brick wall like i Mm -hmm. am getting nowhere and she is not receptive to any of those things so i'm struggling a bit and we will see how the next few months goes but i'm like if she would just reciprocate i feel like this transition Mm -hmm. would be significantly easier than putting up a wall to not communicate and also i feel like She's not asking me any opinions, and I've been in the role no. for a while, and right. I know more than what she's knows about this particular job. Um, and it's just like, even if it's that's another thing I do with even my team, the people that work for me. Like I ask their opinion on things. I want to get yeah. their buy in. I want them to have some sort of say in what the plan is, because if you have a buy in and you have input you're more likely to want to see that thing succeed like mm-hmm. versus i'm telling you you have to do this because i said so you're not going to go out of your way to help me make that happen and right. i don't i don't know how to teach my potential boss this but she's not mm. great at this she's not making it a pleasant work environment thus i'm far. sorry to hear that so... and that's <laughs> that's
0: another thing and we can we're moving toward talking about coworkers anyway, but that's another thing that can really affect your job is interactions with your coworkers. Yeah. You know, and if you yeah. are not excited to be there because somebody is, you know, kind of just making it less enjoyable than it can yeah. be. I know it's yeah. a job. I get that.
1: Sure, sure, sure. But like it can be a it can still be a positive experience most of the time like you don't you, have to yeah. hate it every single day you right. could just hate it
0: once in a while when something dumb happens sure and when that things, happens to everyone
1: yeah when things don't go right like obviously it's yeah. gonna be frustrating but when you have people that you get along with and you can be like like one of my meetings literally today was like all right, so we're going to take 10 minutes to complain about everything, and then we're going to talk about work. Like, so, right? you know, and every Monday I host a meeting, as most of us work from home, that's a half an hour, and we don't talk about work at all. It's how was your weekend? How are your kids? What are you doing? Like, let's catch up on anything not working. That's awesome. And that's it's fantastic. Up and all, but there's a handful of people that always join. And then there's a handful of people that never join. And it's very... Mm. You can tell, like, the interactions between the people that want to be kind of, you know not even social just like have some sort of other connection outside of hey i need you to do this transaction for me and it's easier for me to ask someone who i've talked to and i'm like oh how's your how's your daughter how was the birthday party blah blah blah. hey can you do this for me you know do you mind can i you know give me a call i need 15 minutes of your time it just goes so much smoother than the people that Choose to not do that. And again, you don't have to, but it's a different dynamic at work right. with those people. Um, yeah, you know, you're totally yeah. right. I mean, my
0: coworkers, so I got a lot I could say about <laughs> the people who work at the sign stop. I mean, yeah. so I'm obviously in a position of authority. I mean, everybody else who works there works for me, or especially you. now. Yeah. I, yeah you know, I'm the owner, you know. Literally.
1: So, yeah.
0: Aside from my brother, who is literally my equal. Yeah, I you guys you know, own the, I'm the boss. Yep. <laughs> which is a cool, weird feeling. Yeah, um, that's fair. <laughs> but I look at the people who work at the science up, um, and and for the most part, I feel like they're really family. I mean, it yeah. is a very close-knit group of people. Mm. Everybody is close to each other. I feel very connected to the people that work there. This is a very sentimental example, but my father passed away almost two months ago now, and wow, every single <laughs> I know, every single one of the employees came to his wake and stayed the entire time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is such a meaningful demonstration of how they feel about their job. Yeah, I don't know a lot of people that would do that at their job.
1: No, I totally for somebody
0: from their for anybody from their job, let alone their boss.
1: Yeah, and their boss's family, their boss's family. Um, Yeah, yeah. And
0: it was a beautiful gesture, and I'll never forget that. I mean, there's a lot of things centered around that time that I'm never going to forget. I talk to the employees, the coworkers, and I care about them. They come to me at for advice. I help them. When I can, they help me with things. You know, I talked to my husband about how we have this silly wall in our house that is like two stories tall. (laughs) And in order to paint it, either somebody needs to get way up on an extension ladder or we need Mm -hmm. to bring, we have a scaffolding at work. We need to bring it home which means driving the vehicle the company vehicle home because i can't fit it in my clarity my Honda no Charity, way. which is basically yeah. like an accord yeah uh, <laughs> and uh and putting that darn thing together and climbing to the top of it and painting this wall and i've had people from work go i would you could just i'll do it like you you know mm-hmm. just tell me what weekend you want me to come and i'll drive the van out there and yeah. i'll help you paint the wall and i'm just like yeah, you don't have amazing. to do that but that's, yeah uh,
1: it's, it's it's great that they would be willing to do that just yes. because of the yeah. relationship you guys have and yeah that's that's definitely that is very lucky to have that kind of you know relationship amongst colleagues and co-workers and yeah. even the fact that they're your employees it's not That, oh, well, you're my boss. It's, you know, it it is a sense of community in that. Yeah. um, And I know, know.
0: I know there are risks when it comes to having that kind of relationship with the employer, employee. Sure, sure. I know that, you know. What happens if something goes wrong? What happens if somebody needs to be let go? What happens? Yep. I get yep. it. I understand. I hear all of those arguments and I'm yep. just comfortable taking my chances with it. Yep. I would rather have this relationship with the people who work there than distance myself to the point where I could fire one of them and not feel bad because that's not going to ever happen. And not that I would never fire somebody, but I will always have a feeling about it. I will always feel something.
1: Well, and I think no matter what you always do like I when I was first a supervisor at my job, I had to fire someone and even though i didn't have a i didn't have a, a huge connection to that person because i was relatively new to the role you still feel something like you always feel yeah. something when you have to let somebody go like that's just i mean i i hope you do if you feel bad like you yeah. know like even if they deserve it that's not really that's not what the emotions come from the emotions say I get that you, you put yourself in this position, but I still feel bad for you as a person. Like I'm still and taking okay. something
0: away from you. Right, Even if yeah. it deserves to be taken away, right. I'm still yeah. taking it away exactly, from you.
1: Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, there's, you know, your, your work environment is vastly different than mine. My company is huge, but we have a group of, of 10 of us. Like my department mm-hmm. is small and you know, one of my employees mother passed away recently and the vast majority of our department went to the wake. Yeah. Like nobody That's else from the company wonderful. did, but our our most of our department did. Um and I feel like we do have a really great group of people right now. I like my employees. I I trust my employees. Like I said, I like my current boss. So I'm a little just disheartened of the possible changes coming because I feel like I do like where we're at now and I'm yeah, not sure. excited about the changes perhaps but you know and different people approach work and co-workers differently there's some people that go to work don't talk to anybody do their job and go home and they're not doing anything wrong by doing that it's just a different dynamic than you have with people and that person I'm probably not going to ask for certain things because I know they're just going to do their job. They're not going to stay late. They're not going to, you know, go above and sure. beyond. They're going to do what they're supposed to do, which is fine. They're not doing anything wrong for it. And then they're going to go home, and that's it. And there's no interaction unless it's needed, you know. Right. And that's just a different, you know, my husband at his work. Um, you know, there are some people that that's all they do. They come to work, they do their job, they're fine, they go home, but they don't do anything extra they don't do pub ed at the schools they don't come in for overtime they don't do right you know they do the minimum that they're required to do which there's nothing wrong with but they don't do anything above and beyond that right. um and there's different that's a completely different category of people and it's just not my personality to only do that and i feel like you catch more flies with honey like if you have Mm -hmm. that kind of interaction and that positive you know interaction with people you're gonna have them want to help you more when that time comes and that's something you build for the future really like i might not need you now but i might need you in six months to be like i am yeah. Yeah. And I well, and I would
0: add to that by saying that, you know, they're gonna be more receptive. And I come into situations where constructive criticism or direction needs to be given. Oh, for and in sure. a role of I authority, to, yeah. those moments happen all the time where I'm yep. like, Hey, I need you to work on this and then do that, and then we're gonna ship this out. And then mm-hmm. we need to do that all before lunch. Yep. And because these people appreciate and enjoy being around me it's really easy for me to be like hey we need to work on this and then do that without them stomping off in a frustrated way being right. like why is she always giving me directions why is she always telling me what to do yeah because they know it's not that i'm trying to bark orders at you or no. be your boss it's that hey man we got a list of this tasks is what we gotta do today yeah and we're gonna work on them together i'm gonna work on it too yeah. And uh, and and I'm gonna put things in order of priority, and that's really all I do is just yeah. prioritize the list. Everybody yeah. can see the list; it's right there. It's
1: right, and you're all gonna jump in and, and do things. You know, you you mentioned something that, that sparked also a you know thought for me is there's always gonna be things that people screw up on too. Oh like, yeah. As the boss, you have to give feedback to people, and I have to do it all the time. I'm sure you do too. But again, if you have more interaction the more interactions with hate you have with someone and the more positive interactions you have with them i feel like the easier it is to give those periodic you know negative you know feedback or whatever because i've had a plethora of positive interactions yeah so this one negative interaction isn't going to sway like oh you know, she's always saying something negative to me. She's always telling me what I'm doing wrong. Sure. Because sure. we've had all these other positive things that that one thing isn't going to stick out as the only thing you remember. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, but the people that I don't interact with often, but the only time I have to talk to you is when, hey, you screwed up on this There's transaction. a problem. Yeah, that's not going to be a positive perception because we don't have all of those other interactions. So I feel like you try and build up the positive so that inevitably, when there is some sort of criticism, which there always is, that it's not taken as, well, this is the only thing that you're talking to me about is the negative. Like, I want to talk about both. So, yeah, I don't know. That's how I approach that kind of interactions. Uh, And I think, I don't know, I hope it works well. It feels like it's all right. (laughs) I
0: feel like it does. I mean, I think it would be really interesting if somebody that wasn't me asked the employees at the sign stop, how they felt about me as a boss, as a, like if they would say, I want to, I want to say that for the most part, everyone would be relatively happy that they Mm -hmm. would say, yeah, she's fine. Or, Oh, you know, there might be some, no, well, and there's always criticism which like, i have no expect, issue
1: with right you yeah. can't expect people to be perfect but you would like to hope that they don't they don't have more negative comments than positive comments <laughs> and that's really all Absolutely. i'm striving for at this yeah, point same. is that and that they feel supported and in terms of coworkers, that they feel like i support them and that we have a good working relationship obviously there's going to be negatives yes. to everybody but that's that's really all i'm striving for at this point so hopefully that is the case <laughs> but let's drink this golden monkey while so uh, let's drink while golden monkey
0: this is a belgian style triple mystical, with added spice
1: with added spice we'll see what that means <laughs> who mystical knows that flavors is. to enlighten you is what the okay back it, it just says. keeps going it's not just so, added spice it's mystical yeah. flavors Mystical flavors. I have definitely not had this. This is a year-round beer. And this has won a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival in the past. So let's uh give it a shot. It's definitely golden. I'll give it that. I was about to
0: say (laughs) the same thing. I like when we line up perfectly. It smells malty to me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I went to put the can down and I moved the glass away like kind of a natural movement. Mm And I could still smell the malt, like a yeah, very malt foot away from me.
1: Very malty aroma. All right. Oh, there's the spice. I taste it. <laughs> yep. There it is. Um, that is
0: flavorful. That is a strong spice. Well, what I mean, is it's that?
1: a Belgian triple. It's uh... a <laughs> yep. It tastes like a Belgian but... triple. It tastes just like spice. It tastes kind of like a clovey clove? allspice. Yeah. <laughs> totally tastes like clove. I love what uh. we just did. <laughs> that was beautiful. Well, that's, I, I'm guessing that that's accurate then. At least if we got two opinions of the same. <laughs> I think we're going to have
0: to, yeah, that's going to have to be right. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's, you know, we literally were just like one, two, three, <laughs> say the word that clove. comes
1: to mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's malty. It's got clove. It's, um. you know, it's definitely very flavorful to me
0: yeah it's a strong flavor this is a very strong flavor it's got
1: yeah that clove is overwhelming there's a lot of spice to this
0: yeah this is a bit overwhelming oh yeah
1: i could not drink a lot of this
0: no that's what i was also about to say is that (laughs) this is this is good and it's good flavor but i you know, this is a twelve ounce can, and I'd have to split it with somebody. I don't yeah. know that I could well, drink a whole been, can of this. And it's not, yeah,
1: nine point five just, ABV. Yeah, I think it's once it got warm, too. I don't think I would like it as much either. Yeah, I mean, Belgian style triples, like they—they they, don't get me wrong—they are very kind of bold with often with their flavor so this is if this is your jam that this is your beer style that you enjoy sure this is this is malty this is it's just it's got that extra because it's got that spice to it so to me belgian style triples already are are you know pretty bold then you Mm -hmm. add that clove and it's just like it's a lot when you taste it you the aroma is very strong, malty. You take a taste of it, and you're like, "Wow, there's just a lot going on in my mouth right now." So, <laughs> that's my opinion of this. But I mean, it's that's it's great. it's good for what it is. But it definitely has a lot a lot of flavor. So, yeah, if you're not, not into I, that, then yeah, it might be overwhelming. It's a strong for you. flavor,
0: and it is a very unique to mm-hmm. this beer style flavor.
1: Yes, yes, so. but. Yeah, it's definitely, it fits the bill of what they're going for. I mean, in terms of their description, this is, this is what they say it is, (laughs) but it's just, it's, it's very flavorful and very, oh, there's a lot of strong aroma and strong flavor to it. So there's just a lot going on. A lot of senses being uh, (laughs) stimulated right now with this beer. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But, all right, cool. I like Victory. Interesting company, some good beers, Uh, you know. They've got multiple locations. If you're in the Pennsylvania area, check them out. That
0: sounds good. All right. Thanks for joining us, you guys.
1: All right. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint.
0: Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week and cheers to you
1: all.